Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, series one, episode 14. It's lovely to have you with us. And in this show, we like to share the stories of our ancestors and bring your Irish heritage to life. Before we start, do remember that any resources or references we mention in the episode can be found in the show notes at aletterfromireland.com forward slash 114. So are you ready to begin? In today's show, I chose two letters about being Irish. In the first letter, we ask and answer the question, where did we Irish come from? What was the story of our origins? And how was this story recorded? And where was the record kept? Then, on the second letter, we're going to delve deeper and take a look at the very tricky question of what makes a person Irish. Is it our nature or nurture? So, let's go way back in history and start at the beginning, or as we like to say and start our stories in Irish, Fado, Fado. And here we begin with our first letter entitled, Where do the Irish come from? When Mike and I were compiling the third volume of A Letter from Ireland, we divided the letters in the book according to the seasons. Now, this felt instinctive and natural for us, following on from an old Celtic tradition where we look at the year in terms of light and darkness, growth and harvest, work and rest. In autumn, we have, as one poet put it, the season of mists and mellow fruitfulness. Isn't that a wonderful way to describe autumn? In Irish, the autumn season is called four. And it's a time when the long, bright days begin to give way to the longer, darker evenings and nights. Harvest is celebrated and the month of October in Irish is called, believe it or not, Derafor. And Dera means the end in Gaelic. So October hurdles the end of autumn. Speaking of customs and traditions, have you ever wondered where did your people come from? Well, here in the green room, members often share the results of their DNA tests with each other. And I hear things like, I'm 48% Ireland, 34% UK, 12% Scandinavian, and 6% Iberian. I don't know where the Iberian came from. Well, listen on and we'll talk some more and see if we can find out. Maybe you've had your DNA tested for ancestry. Did it tell you anything useful? Well, it seems to be a core part of our identity, isn't it? To wonder where we came from. What was it that brought our family and kin to our present home? Many of the readers on our letter from Ireland have spent years working out the answer to just those questions, maybe even including yourself. However, it has always been that way, as this is a quest as old as time itself, isn't it really? To explain their origins... Most societies have creation myths, a chronology that links a mythical prehistory with the facts and places of the present. Of course, we Irish are no different. 
For centuries, the Irish looked to a particular book which captured the story of their own origins. It was called An Laur Gavala na Heron, meaning the book of the taking of Ireland, or as we also know it, the book of invasions. Now let's find out a little bit more about this book, shall we? Since it was written and amalgamated in the late 11th century by an anonymous author, the Book of Invasions, it proved to be a popular and influential document right up to the 17th century. It drew on ancient Celtic myths and poems and assembled them into a single narrative, then linked it all back to the Old Testament. The book told the story of how Ireland was subject to a number of successive conquests, each invading people replacing the previous. Peoples like the Firbolog, the Tuatha-dé-Danann, and the Miletians are Gaels. Now the myths and stories and histories, they seem to hold together really well. I actually still hear parts of this book, that is the book of invasions, quoted often unknowingly in correspondence with our readers. According to the Book of Invasions, the present Gaelic inhabitants of Ireland are meant to be descended from the Miletians of the north of Spain. They arrived in Ireland more than two and a half thousand years ago. The story goes that is what is now a part of northern Spain, there lived Brogan and his sons Mill and Ith. They built a tower One day, standing at the top, looked out in all directions, and what did they spot? A land far away to the north. Have you guessed what land that was? I'm sure you have. Yes, it was Ireland. They decided to travel to this new land, and after several adventures and misadventures, they overcame the Tua de Danann. They were the people who were the rulers in Ireland at that time. The Tua went underground to become the fairies that we know today, and the Miletians became the Celtic lords of the newly conquered land. Well, I guess that explains that 6% Iberian DNA result mentioned by our Green Room member there at the start of our letter. Now, let's get back to the origins of the Irish, and, you know, where does myth connect with reality? Well, as Mike and I like to travel in the steps of our ancestors, so we took ourselves off to the city of Acarona in Galicia in northern Spain. And we stood at the top of that very same tower. Now it's called the Tower of Hercules. It was once a Roman lighthouse built about 100 AD. We gazed to the north on a bright clear day and imagined we could see maybe something shimmering on the far off horizon, a glimpse of our own emerald isle. It really was something to be standing on that very same tower named in the Book of Invasions. Perhaps we could glimpse into the past and present where real and imagined combined to become part of a foundation of what has built the Irish character into what it is today. Now, let's get back to the story. Over a thousand years after this tower was built, the time of the Celtic chieftains was coming to an end in Ireland. Following the Battle of Kinsale in the 1600s, Red Hugh O'Donnell and many of the Irish chieftains travelled to exile in Coronia and Galicia. One of the first things that Hugh O'Donnell did on his arrival was, a bit like Mike and I, 
to climb that very same tower and look back at his home, a place to where the sons of Miletius had sailed thousands of years before. Unfortunately, Hugh never did return back to Ireland, dying shortly afterwards in exile in Spain. These are the stories of our Irish origins, a blend of fact and myth you'll agree that our ancestors have passed down from generation to generation. Maybe you've heard fragments of these stories taken from a, the book of invasions, maybe passed down within your own family. So this afternoon, we will head to Kinsale on the coast of West Cork, Southern Ireland, just a short drive down the road from us. We'll go to the edge of the cliff and gaze to the south and see if we can see the Tower of Brogan shimmering on the horizon. Maybe even get a glimpse back into our history and the origin of our Irish ancestors. You'd never know where our imaginations might take us. Perhaps way, way back to where, according to the Book of Invasions, we Irish came from. And so that brings us to the end of our first letter. I hope you enjoyed the creation myth of the origins of us Irish. You know what? It might go a little bit to explaining what good storytellers we are. Imagine, though, how magical the land of Ireland must have appeared all those years ago to Brogan and his sons. And now these stories have become part of the fabric of us Irish. Even though I must be honest and admit to you that many Irish people today, they're very unaware of the Book of Invasions and would be amazed to hear of Brogan and his son's exploits. Nevertheless, I think it's an important part of our Irish identity and heritage. So now, shall we try our second letter? Let's move on. This also relates to being Irish, but now we're going to ask the tricky question, is Irishness your nurture or nature? And on the question of nurture and nature, does our DNA predetermine our destiny or is this a product of our environment? So we've lots to uncover. Stay listening. Without further ado, let us continue our exploration of being Irish with our next letter entitled, Is Irishness Your Nature or Nurture? Let's begin by looking at DNA, ancestry and Irishness. Inside the green room, many conversations turn to the subject of DNA testing for ancestry purposes. One of our members, Jim Purcell, has given over a lot of his personal time to explain the importance of DNA testing and to help people along step by step. Here, Jim Purcell shares more about his own journey. I began my ancestry journey in earnest soon after my father passed away in December 2013 at a well-deserved age of 91. But my tale goes much further back than that. I took my first trip around Ireland in the summer of 1983, travelling by train and visiting family of friends. However, my first inclination to trace my roots wasn't until 1994 after my youngest, Sean, was born. I started to build the family tree with limited knowledge of three generations. Then my interest was heightened in 2006, when my dad and I visited Dingle and Kerry together. Finally, I took a trip this past summer with my wife, my children and my grandchildren. Oh, it was too short, but it was great to be able to connect them to their roots. 
My own DNA results showed me as 60% Irish, 19% West European, that's my paternal grandmother, she was German, 8% Iberian, which is shorthand for Irish, as we all know, and 7% Finland and Russia. It's been wonderful to be able to help so many of my friends here in the green room with your own searches and DNA, confusion, frustrations and revelations. And the journey continues. Slán Jim, or as my dad used to call me, Seamus. Well, good man Seamus, and thank you, Jim Purcell, for sharing that brief overview of your Irish ancestry journey so far. Okay, I think it's time now to take this DNA bull by the horns and ask a simple question. Is Irishness your nature or nurture? To help us answer, we're going to head to Jim Purcell's ancestral county of Tipperary and let's see what's there for us. It's a long way from Tipperary to the double helix. The Irish surname Gleeson, spelt G-L-E-A-S-O-N or G-L-E-E-S-O-N, comes from a territory somewhere between the town of Nina and Loch Derg in County Tipperary. For many centuries, there were one of the chief families of this area, but that started to change in the 1200s with the arrival of the Normans. The name Gleeson then spread to other parts, but mostly stayed within the counties of Munster. Lizzie Gleeson was born on a farm in Indiana in 1861 to Michael Gleeson and Mary Curtin. Her parents, that's Lizzie's parents, had arrived as emigrants from Tipperary during the Irish famine. She later moved to Chicago, where she married and started a family. In 1962, her grandson James Watson was awarded a Nobel Prize for his co-discovery of none other than the double helix structure of DNA. This is often considered the greatest scientific discovery of the 20th century. On the question of nature or nurture, does our DNA predetermine our destiny? Who better to ask? Only Watson himself. And this is what he has to say. DNA is everywhere now in everyday life. People are always wondering about nature or nurture and what we can learn from our hereditary genes. We don't know, but we should. And I think we will. I think knowledge of DNA will eventually encompass all medical knowledge about it, but it will probably take years. So James Watson has frequently got into trouble for speaking his rational mind. And, but here he is clear that at least in the medical field, we will make significant breakthroughs as we grow the application of our DNA knowledge. But what about your Irishness, I hear you say? While we know there is no cure for it, sorry, I couldn't resist. What part does nature or nurture play in your cultural makeup? Three tests to uncover your family tree. Nowadays, it's possible to take a DNA test to uncover your ethnic mix, discover others who share your ancestry, and sometimes it helps break through those brick walls in your research. Have you taken one of those tests? There are three different types of DNA tests available for ancestry research purposes, and they are the Y-DNA test, mitochondrial DNA test, and the autosomal DNA test. Let's begin and talk about the Y-DNA test. Y-DNA test. This tests for the Y chromosome that passes from father to son. 
As a result, it is only taken by the males. But it is a useful way to track your paternal surname back through a large number of generations. Then we've got the mitochondrial DNA test, and this tests for a chromosome that's only passed on by females. As a result, it can help you track back through a maternal line for centuries. But sometimes this information can be difficult to use due to a lack of surname clues. The third test, the autosomal DNA test, tests for the remaining DNA that is passed through both male and female lines. However, things spread out fairly quickly, so it is often only useful for three or four generations back. Also, this is the test that DNA companies are pushing because it provides them with the quickest means of increasing their own database of DNA samples. Oh, cynical me. (laughs) Okay, enough of the science lessons. In addition to Jim's comments at the top of the letter, I often hear from readers commenting, and I quote, I just got tested as being 17% Irish, and my name is Murphy. How could that be? Or someone else says, There was music, stories, and a strong Irish ethos in my family. And though we were only a quarter Irish, that is the side that I grew up with the most. So, you might ask, do you need a large percentage of Irish DNA to make you Irish? I personally think that the nurture effect, especially within the Irish female line, is the real secret weapon to preserving the Irish identity within a family. James Watson, a good Irish-Scottish name that, seemed to acknowledge this in his own experience. I'm a quarter Irish, he says. My mother was a faithful member of the Chicago Irish tribe. I have always followed my Irish side. Thank you, James. And that is what I have noticed too in hundreds of conversations I have with people of Irish descent. It's your Irish DNA. It may be large or small percentage of your makeup, but that quantity of DNA is merely a spark. It takes nurture to really bring your Irishness to life. So just remember, while you're listening to this letter, you are 100% Irish. How about you? Do you feel your Irishness is a result from your nature of your DNA or the nurture from the special people, places and community in your life? Many thanks to Jim Purcell for sharing those details of his own Irish ancestral journey. So there you have it. We found that the percentage Irish in your DNA has very little bearing on how Irish you feel. Well, at least that's what you readers have told us. What about yourself? Are you tempted to check out your own DNA mix? I must go about one of those tests myself one day. But, you know, being Irish and living in Ireland, it doesn't seem so urgent. The love of Ireland and all things Irish is part of what unites us, no matter where in the world our ancestral paths have roamed and settled down through the centuries. Well, that's it for this week. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to the Letter from Ireland show where we bring your Irish ancestry to life. And finally, again, remember, the show notes for this podcast are available at aletterfromireland.com forward slash 114. Just before we go, thanks again for listening. And if you have enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we invite you to check out our special membership area, 
called The Green Room. You can find full details of The Green Room at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. And remember there, green room is all one word. The Green Room is the essential resource for anyone at any stage in researching their Irish heritage. It's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. You get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The Green Room is the perfect place to be for anyone starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So do come and join us at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Well, that's it for me. And I'll be back next week with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. Look forward to chatting with you then. Slán Karina. <laughs>